0: Would you turn with me this morning to John chapter 13? Over the course of uh, Lent, we're we're, um, just putting on hold our series on Genesis at this point until after Easter, and we'll be looking at uh, a series of calls of Jesus, how he called his disciples to be and to do. Uh, certain things, and we pay special attention because this is the the night before he goes to the cross. He's in with the upper room with his disciples. This is what is on his heart and mind that he wants to share with them, that he wants them to be about, that he wants us to be about. And so we're going to look at them as a series of of calls, and and largely they'll be from uh, John 13 through 17 because John gives us a, gives us the bigger picture of what happened, the more intimate picture of what happened. Uh, in the upper room that night, although interestingly of all the gospel writers, John's the only one that doesn't, uh, that doesn't set the stage and give us the whole scene of the Last Supper, so we have to turn to Luke for that, uh, but we'll be looking at some of those themes, uh, and this morning in particular, a call to service. So let's look at John 13, the first 17 verses. You have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. if you do them. Conclude our reading there. You may want to keep your Bibles open. We're going to go back and revisit those passages. But first, first let's come to God in prayer. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, as you inspire John to recall this incident and to write down these words for our benefit, for the benefit of your people throughout the generations, now we pray that you would inspire this word to each one of us. Help us to understand, even as those disciples had to uh, come to grips with what Jesus was saying and what Jesus was calling them to do. Help us to understand and, and to be called in the same way and to seek to live out a life of service because of what has been done for us by Jesus, our servant, in whose name we pray. Amen. So during the season of Lent, we're going to explore passages from John 13 to 17 for the most part. Spending time with Jesus and his disciples in the upper room the night before his crucifixion. We'll listen to what's on Jesus' mind, including several calls to the apostles and to us to be his kind of disciples as they gather for the Passover meal. Now understand that in setting the context the streets of Palestine were dusty, or if it was raining, they were mud. And the shoes they wore were no more than flat, open sandals. So at a meal, a host would provide a servant, usually the lowest of the servants or slaves, to greet his guests and to wash their feet, particularly because Uh, They reclined at the table and their feet were closer in proximity than they would normally be if they sat at a table. But none of the apostles, when they arranged for this supper, had thought to arrange for this menial task or to take it on themselves. Perhaps their minds were still filled with thoughts of kingdom and thrones, of power and glory. Luke tells us in his account that they had just argued about who was the greatest in the kingdom. And so perhaps no one dared assume this role of a servant. So Jesus takes over. Earlier in the week, on Palm Sunday, Jesus said, Enter Jerusalem as king, with people shouting, Hosanna! And now he's washing the dirty feet of his disciples and drying them with a towel? What's up with that? Is Jesus really king? Yes. But he's a king whose scepter, whose symbol of of power and authority is... A towel. Well, this story I think teaches us at least four truths, or four that I want to look at for a few moments this morning. The first is that this the story, this event is kind of a a symbol of Jesus' life, if you will, a kind of a microcosm of his life. Look at verses one through five again. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Interestingly, that brings us all the way back to John 2. And at the wedding at Cana, Jesus' mother was trying to talk him into saving the host by uh, providing more wine because they had run out. And, And Jesus said, it's not my hour. My hour and time has not come. Well, now it has, we're told. And having loved his own... Who are in the world he loved them to the end that is john's telling us that what is going to follow in this conversation is not just mere uh chit chat before he goes to the cross that this is an expression of jesus love he is loving them by giving them these instructions by telling them what's coming and he's loving us as well He goes on, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In other words, Jesus was comfortable in his own sandals. Jesus knew who he was. And out of knowing who he was, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist, After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. This is really not an isolated incident. Maybe it's the only time Jesus did foot washing, but it really dramatizes Jesus' whole life and mission, especially if you think about the actions and kind of the parallel they are with actions of Jesus' whole life. He rose from the supper as he rose from his heavenly throne and came to earth. He laid aside his garments down to the loincloth as he laid aside his glory in heaven, his privileges as the Son of God. He wrapped a towel around himself as he wrapped himself in our humanity. He washed feet, the most menial task of the lowest of slaves, as he would die on a cross, the most humiliating death of a criminal. And then he took up his garments and returned to his place of honor as he took up his life again and ascended to heaven. Our God and King stripped off his garments and got on his knees to wash the dirty feet of men who should be serving him. And yet this was nothing new. It symbolizes Jesus' whole life, as Paul explains in Philippians 2. He says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul, too, gives us this this picture of Jesus' life as one of humiliation, but ultimately of exaltation. And we see that kind of acted out here in a microcosm in this scene. We also are confronted with the scepter, of Jesus' kingship. What's the scepter? Well, we see it in verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing now, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me the scepter was a symbol of a king's power and authority but jesus wielded a different kind of scepter a towel now the human concept of royalty is that a king is prim and proper acting with honor and dignity washing feet is below the dignity of a king the apostles were shocked Peter voicing their horror, you shall never ever in a million years wash my feet. Now remember earlier, Peter had reacted to the thought of Jesus going to the cross by saying, God forbid! And Jesus had responded, you don't have in mind the things of God, but men. Well, Peter still has in mind the things of men. The human idea of royalty, and of divinity god is to be exalted sitting on the throne surrounded by servants but for jesus being god meant coming off the throne and serving in this foot washing jesus is giving himself over to human authority and in his weakness we can find the very power of god now that's not always easy to understand as leslie newbigin writes the natural man makes God in his own images, image. So a supreme God will be the one who stands at the summit of the chain of command. How can the natural man recognize the supreme God in the stooping figure of a slave clad only in a loy cloth? What's our response to this scene? We may be both touched and disturbed. I mean, God serving me, that'll make me self-centered, Right? But actually, the opposite is true. When we see God as king only, we ask naturally, how can I make my way up to him? In fact, all other religions in the world focus on this idea of needing to take steps to get to their God. But when God kneels before us in self-emptying love, it knocks us off our thrones and we're forced To focus on him jesus shows us that the only way we can meet the living god is at the bottom rung of a ladder we might be tempted to climb the divine king finds royal dignity in being a foot washer whose scepter is a towel But there also is more going on here. Matthew is, or Mark, excuse me, John, one of those guys. John is also trying to connect us with what's going to happen the next day, the crucifixion. Um, in eight, in chapter, verse 8, verse the second part of it, after Peter said, you should never wash my feet, Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And then he goes... Then, Lord, Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only wash their feet, and their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said, not everyone was clean. I think John mentions Judas's betrayal here, to make sure we connect the foot washing with the cross. There's also a bigger image here, and, uh, and we read it easier in the Greek language. The image of laying down and taking up. He he laid down his clothes, we're told, and then he took them up again. Three chapters earlier, Jesus said, "I laid down my life only to take it up again." A picture of what's happening again, a microcosm of what's happening in Jesus' life. But in regard to Peter's response. Jesus is saying, if you don't let me be who I am and stoop down and cleanse you, you have no fellowship with me, no part of the kingdom. Peter, something needs to be done to you, and unless I do it, you have no part with me. And of course, what Peter needs, what we all need, is the cross. Only such an ultimate act of service, of stooping down, can cleanse us, or we remain filthy in our sin. St. Augustine wrote, Proud man would have died had not a lowly God found him. Then Peter, in typical, his typical rash fashion, says, well, then wash all of me. Don't miss a spot. And Jesus said, well, you don't need it. Before a banquet, a person would bathe. After the trip, only his feet needed washing. But Jesus is in essence saying, you don't need it all. You don't need to be perfect, Peter. You only need me to wash your feet, to lay down my life for you. But how often don't we find ourselves looking for other ways? There's got to be something more than just accepting what Christ has done for us on the cross. What do I need to do? Are we looking for perfection? Peter thought there had to be something more. But we learn here, we're reminded throughout the Bible, by Jesus' death alone are we washed and made worthy to enter the banquet of the king. But of course, as with the other passages that we'll be looking at in this series, this is also a call by Jesus. In this case, a call to service. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place, taking it up again, "'Do you understand what I have done for you?' he asked them. "'You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. "'Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, "'you should also wash one another's feet. "'I set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. "'Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, "'nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him.' Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Ultimately, this is a call to service. Those whose feet have been washed by King Jesus are now marked with the towel. Now in verse 14, you might expect that after Jesus says, Now that I have washed your feet, he might say, You should wash my feet. And they would have been fighting each other for the towel and basin. But that's not what he says he says now that i have washed your feet wash one another's feet and that changes our idea of relationships leslie newbigin says jesus has laid aside his life for us all and the debt we owe to him is discharged by our subjection to our neighbors in loving service our neighbor is the appointed agent authorized to receive what we owe the Master. You and I owe Christ big. And our neighbor is the authorized collection agency. I think that's what Paul means when he says in Ephesians five twenty one, submit to one another, which literally means stand under one another, get beneath one another. And then he goes on to apply that to our marriage, to family, to work relationships. We pay off our debt to Jesus, which can never, of course, be paid off, but we pay off our debt to Jesus by serving others. My wife is the appointed appointed agent authorized to receive what I owe Jesus the King. I wash Jesus' feet as I wash hers. My children, our church family, our bosses, our employees, our neighbors, are the authorized agents, the appointed agents, authorized to receive what we owe Jesus the King. We wash Jesus' feet as we wash theirs. The King's call to service is that we are a kingdom of footwashers. washers. Daryl Johnson wrote... That which distinguishes the fallen world is people clamoring for power, climbing over each other to get to the top. That which distinguishes the new humanity brought into being by the self-emptying love of the king is people who trip over each other trying to get under, to serve. The late Bruce Theleman, pastor of First Pres- Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, told of a conversation he had with a member of his church who said, you preachers talk a lot about do unto others, but when you get right down to it, it comes down to basin theology. The woman said, basin theology? What's that? The man said, remember what Pilate did when he had the chance to acquit Jesus? He called for a basin and washed his hands of the whole thing. But Jesus, the night before his death, called for a basin and proceeded to wash the feet of his disciples. It all comes down to basin theology. Which one will you use? You see, followers of Jesus the foot washer cannot write on our resume, I don't do feet. Because that's precisely what we do. Jesus notes that in the parable that we read earlier, the parable of the sheep and goats, when he says, whatever you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do to me. Is that humiliating? He's not pushing us down. He's lifting us up to his level, that of a servant. The late Mother Teresa, of course, was a great example of this, washing the feet and tending to the poorest of poor and sickest of sick in Calcutta, India. Like her, we worship and follow a king whose scepter is a towel, the symbol of his whole life, his kingship, his cross. But this event is also a call by word and example to service. The towel is what distinguishes those whose feet have been washed by Jesus. And whenever we find ourselves unable or unwilling to take up the towel, it's time to let the king wash our feet again. Let him love us with his self-emptying love. Are we letting King Jesus wash our feet so that we might wash the feet of others? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your willingness to wash our feet, to give your life for us, the least we can do is to live like you seek to emulate you and we pray Holy Spirit that you would continue to work in us your, your action of sanctification that you would make us more and more uh, back into the image of Jesus that was shattered at the fall that we might be filled with Jesus love and that in turn we would discharge our love for Jesus by loving others Help us to do that in this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's uh, join together in singing the song, Yezu, Yezu, fill us with your love. If you're following along and lift up your hearts, it's number 299. And we'll sing the four stanzas, Yezu, Yezu, fill us with your love. Would you stand as we sing?